you've been in the study of the revelation of Jesus Christ for some weeks, of Christ revealed in his church, Christ revealed in you and I who have received him by the Spirit of God. Apostle Paul wrote to the Galatians, when it pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb and called me by his grace to a purpose, reveal his son in me. Now, that was the purpose, Paul said, of being separated, the purpose of being called by grace was to reveal God's Son in him, not to him, but in him, in him. And to see that as the purpose of our salvation, the purpose of being separated from the earth, the purpose of being separated from the world, to come to that reality that this is why God has called me. This is God's purpose. And it's just so my heart to read this, Galatians 1.15, but when it pleased God, who separated me from my mother's womb and called me by his grace to reveal his son in me, that I might preach him among the heathen. Immediately I conferred not with flesh and blood, neither went I up to Jerusalem to them who were apostles before me, but I went into Arabia and returned again unto Damascus. So Paul brought forth the purpose of God separating him and calling him by his grace as the revealing of Christ in him. And he goes on so he could preach him. So we have to see Christ by the Spirit of God to declare that of him. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. And as a Christian, that's what we should be about. And in this lesson today, I believe the Lord is going to speak some things to us, to our hearts and minds that we can grab hold of and hear that will benefit us in the knowledge and understanding of the Lord Jesus Christ. I believe that. So back in John 14, where we were last week for a moment, and we're going to move on from John 14, but in John 14, verse 16, The Bible says, actually move back to verse 15. If you love me, keep my commandments, and I will pray the Father, and he will give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever, even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither know him. But you know him, for he dwelleth with you, and shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless, I will come to you. Yet a little while in the world seeth me no more, but you see me, because I live, you shall live also. At that day you will know that I am in my Father, ye in me, and I in you. What day? The day the Spirit of truth comes. The day you see him. 
Yet a little while and the world seeth me no more, but you see me. Because I live, you live also at the day that you love also, the day that you see him. You will come to know that he is in the Father. You are in him, and he is in you. And how you're going to see him is by the spirit of truth. He said, the world seeth me no more, but you see him. So when the spirit of truth comes, he's coming to declare Christ in you, in me, in his church. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. And I just so want to address this again as we move on in this study. Jesus goes on here and says, At that day you'll know that I am in my Father, ye and me, and I in you. He that have my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me, and he that loveth me shall be loved of my Father. And I will love him and will manifest myself to him. Judah saith unto him, not Iscariot, Lord, how is it that thou wilt manifest thyself unto us and not unto the world? Jesus answered and said unto him, if a man love me, he will keep my words and my father will love him. And we will come unto him and make our abode with him. He that loveth me not keepeth not my sayings, and the word which he hears not mine, but the Father's which sent me. These things have I spoken unto you, being yet present with you. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my, my name, he will teach you all things. And bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. So, so the Spirit of God is who's going to teach us what Jesus said. Get a hold of this. The teacher is the Spirit of God. That's what Paul said when, when it pleased God to separate me from my mother's womb to reveal his son in me. So he wasn't taught of the apostles. He wasn't taught of Peter, wasn't taught of James or John. But the Spirit of God revealed Christ in him. That's how he was taught. He brought all things to his remembrance. It's what Jesus said. He's going to bring all things that I have said unto you. And this is what the Spirit of God does, is he takes what Jesus has said, what's written in the Gospels, and declares it in the person of Christ, how, how it's actually real in the person of Christ. So we're in a relationship with the person of Christ. Now, I want us to consider this in seeing spiritual sight. We've, we've said this for some weeks now, those who look for him shall he appear. So as we turn our hearts to the Lord, the Spirit of God will begin to reveal Christ. And there in verse 20, no means come to perceive. It's, it's dealing with knowledge that we would know that he's in the Father, we're in him, and he's in us. That we would come 
to know that. Glory to God. Now, this statement, I am in the Father, Jesus said at that day, you will know I am in the Father. That's a powerful statement. You could say I am in God, he, or he could say he is in God, he is in spirit, because God is spirit. So I am in the Father. That day you should know I am in my Father. Well, look at Acts 2. Flip over to Acts 2. And here in Acts chapter 2, in verse 29, Peter is speaking, and he says, Men and brethren, let me freely speak unto you of the patriarch David, that he is both dead and buried, and his sepulcher is with us unto this day. Therefore, being a prophet, knowing that God hath sworn with an oath to him, that if the fruit of his loins, according to the flesh, he would raise up Christ to sit on his throne. He, seeing this before, spake of the resurrection of Christ, that his soul was not left in hell, neither his flesh did see corruption. This Jesus has God raised up, whereof we are all witnesses. Therefore, being by the right hand of God exalted and having received of the Father the promise of the Holy Ghost, he hath shed forth this, which he which ye now see and hear, for David is not ascended into heavens, but he saith himself, The Lord said unto my Lord, Sit thou at my right hand until I make thy foes thy footstool. Therefore let all the house of Israel know surely that God hath made that same Jesus whom you've crucified, both Lord and Christ. Now I want you to look at God raised him from the dead. And it would have been a great thing if it stopped right there, that he was resurrected from the dead. But it didn't stop right there. He was exalted on high to the right-hand authority of God. So now the statement, I am in my Father, What's in God is the authority of Christ. And we could spend, I believe, our lifetime in the earth just understanding his authority. Eternally understanding his authority. So the sureness of our, of our salvation is his authority. He is the sureness of our salvation. So now, in Acts 5, similar, similar scripture, the Bible says here, Acts 5, Now when the high priest and captain of the temple and chief priests heard these things, verse 24, 524, they doubted of them whereunto this would grow. Then came one and told them, saying, Behold, the men whom you put in prison are standing in the temple and teaching the people. Then with the captain, with the officers, and brought them without violence, for they feared the people, lest they should have been stoned. And when they had brought them, they set them before the council, and the high priest asked them, saying, 
did not we straightly command you that you should not teach in this name? And behold, you have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine and intend to bring this man's blood upon, him, upon us. Then Peter and the other apostles answered and said, we ought to obey God rather than men. The God of our fathers raised up Jesus, whom you slew, and hang on a tree. Him hath God exalted with his right hand. So with the authority of God, Christ is exalted. With the power of God, Christ is exalted to be a prince and a savior, for to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. And we are his witnesses of these things, and so is also the Holy Ghost, whom God hath given to them that obey him. Now, I want you to mark that. The Holy Ghost is the witness of Christ. Jesus said, he shall take a mine and show it unto you. So the Holy Ghost is witnessing how God hath exalted Jesus from the dead, or raised him from the dead and exalted him to his own right hand to be a prince and a savior, that through him is salvation from sin. Now, the Holy Ghost witnesses him. The Holy Ghost shows this. Okay? He reveals, like we're saying, Christ in you. So the purpose of the Holy Ghost coming is to reveal Christ in you. Now, with this in mind, turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Or 1 Corinthians chapter 1, I'm sorry. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. We'll probably go to 2 later, but 1 Corinthians chapter 1 says, Verse 18, for the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us who are saved, it is the power of God. So the preaching of the cross is the dunamis power, the strength, the might of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and will bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe, where is the disputer of this world? Have God not made foolish the wisdom of this world? For after that, in the wisdom of, for after that, in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. For the Jews require a sign, and the Greeks seek after wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified unto the Jews a stumbling block, and unto the Greeks foolishness, but unto them who are called, both the Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God, and the wisdom of God. Christ, the power of God, and the wisdom of God. Now, think on this, where we've looked at, the Holy Ghost is going to come, and he's going to witness of Christ. And Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. Now, in Acts chapter 1, 
Acts 1, verse 6 says, when therefore they when they therefore were come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? And he said unto them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power, but you shall receive power. Now these two different words here one what the first word power is power to act or authority in god's own authority but you shall receive power that is dunamis that is the same greek word as christ the power of god you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. Why are you going to be witnesses of him? Well, we just read that when the Holy Ghost comes, he's going to witness of Christ, that the Holy Spirit is the witness of him. Now, we just read that in the book of Acts. We've read it in the book of John. The Holy Ghost is going to take of him and show it. So the Holy Ghost is going to show us the dunamis power of God. Christ, the power of God. Now, I want us to hear this. Christ, the power of God. We... Like myself, I I grew up in the Pentecostal denomination, and, and I believe in the gifts of the Spirit. I believe God flows in us by His Spirit and does miracles, signs, and wonders. I believe that, okay? So I'm not speaking against that as I'm getting ready to say what I'm saying. We've associated that as if someone was physically healed, that that's what the power of God means. I mean, that is the power of God. That's certainly not the power of man. That is the work of the Spirit of God. That's not the work of man. I can't heal anybody. But in the body of Christ, Christ can flow through me and heal someone because I'm his body. All right? So, but I want to speak to this, Christ, the dunamis of God, Christ, the power of God. What is he the power? How is he the power of God? Well, we've read it, we've declared it, we've said it for years. Christ is the power of God through his death, burial, and resurrection, because it's through his power, through his work, hallelujah to the Lamb of God, that we become dead to sin. It's through his power that we come into his life. I can't come into his life on my own. I can't get there. Nothing I can do can get there. But the Holy Spirit is going to give us power when he comes upon us 
The power he's given us is the power of the resurrected life of Jesus Christ. If this same spirit dwell in you that raised Christ from the dead, he shall quicken our mortal bodies. He shall bring the life of Christ through us. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. This spirit that we've received is none other than Christ himself. And this spirit is showing to us the very power, might, and dominion of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what he's doing. He's revealing Christ in us. And when I say he's revealing Christ in us, he's revealing the power of God, the power that transforms the soul, the power that changes the mind, the power that fills the soul with peace, the power that fills our hearts with kindness. This is the power of Christ. Amen. So I want you to turn to Romans 8, and I pray that I can really speak this to you. Romans 8, verse 28. Apostle Paul writes, and we know that all things work together for work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. So we're called according to his purpose. Okay. Same thing Paul says in Galatians 1, that he was separated from his mother's womb and called by God's grace to reveal his son in him. So see here, we're called by we're called according to God's purpose. Hear that for whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son. Here's the purpose of God to conform us into the image of Christ. That's God's purpose, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called, and whom he called, them he also justified, and whom he justified, them he also glorified. What Shall we say to these things, if God be for us, who can be against us? He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifies. Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather, that is risen from the dead, risen again. Who is it even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us, who shall separate us from the love of Christ. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Shall tribulation, distress, or persecution, or famine, and nakedness, or pearl, or sword? As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which 
is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Now, this brings a whole different understanding to the Scripture that God so loved the world. He loved the world to bring us into Christ Jesus, to be conformed to the image of his Son, to come to expression of God. Here's the love of God. Amen? And how he did that is through the cross, through the cross. So at the cross, Paul says, I'm crucified to the world. So, so the world, the things of the world doesn't come in here. And the security of that is Jesus Christ. He's the power of that. So what secures the world not coming in here is Christ himself. Hallelujah to the Lamb of the living God. So when I look at this, it's like the scripture, and I, I was going to read more of it, and we may, but no weapon formed against us. We like to quote these things, these scriptures, just in accordance with natural situations. Okay, that's how we like to quote them and address them. Is just in accordance with natural situations. However, if we see this in light of being conformed to God's, to the image of God's dear Son, to be made one, as Jesus says in John 17, if I, if I see this in light of that, that no weapon formed against us shall prosper. Nothing's going to stop this very thing from happening. Because the surety of this is Jesus Christ himself. He's the surety that we're going to be conformed to the image of God. <laughs> That's a pretty good assurity. He's the assurity to what he what we what he prayed, what we read in John 17. Father, that they may be one, I and them, thou and me, that they be made perfect in one. He's the assurity. He's the power of that. It's the power of his death that separates us from that realm, that man, that whole creation, and brings us into Christ that the light of him can begin to shine in our hearts to transform us. Because it's not our own efforts that transforms us. It's the light of Jesus Christ. And that's the light of the new day. And in this day, we're being transformed to the image of God's dear son. We're coming to bear the image of the heavenly, being changed from glory to glory. That's the power of God. That's what God exalted him to his right hand. In his authority, this is what's there. Because God desired it before the world was. This, this was his plan, ambition. This is what he foreknew. This is what he predestinated that a people would be conformed 
to the image of God's Son. And all of this would be done in Christ. Paul writes in Ephesians 1, he chose us in Christ before the foundation of the world. So God's choosing is in Christ. Now we can get caught up in that, well, he chose me. Well, the choosing of God is in Christ to be conformed to his image. And this is what the revelation of Jesus Christ is about, that he would change our soul. He would change our mind. He would change our being into the image of God to express him, to give Christ expression in the earth. Christ being expressed through me. Now, I can't give him expression in myself. Trust me, I can't. <laughs> I know that. He must be revealed. He must be manifested out of me. I must come to know him. That's, that's what my salvation is. That's what your salvation is. And no weapon formed can stop this. So no accusation. Because the surety of your salvation is Jesus Christ. The accuser of the brethren has been cast down. Christ is our intercessor. That's what Paul writes. He's who's intercessing for us. Do you see this? He's who justifies us. See, see we have in our minds much of the time that we're justified of ourselves. Glory to God. He's who justifies us. Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather that is risen again, Paul says. Is that the right hand of God, the authority of God that makes intercession for you? So who can condemn us? Man can try, but the intercession with God is he that raised from the dead. That's, that's who says the body of Christ is just, and he's filling the body of Christ with himself. Amen. Well, this brings a whole different understanding. I want you to flip to Psalms 44. Psalms 44, verse 1 says, We have heard her with her ears, O God, our fathers have told us what work thou didst in thy days, in the time of old, how thou did drive out the heathen with thy hand, and plantest them, how thou did afflict the people and cast them out. For they go not the land in possession by their own sword, neither did their own arm save them, but thy right hand and thine arm and the light of thy countenance, because thou had favor unto them. This psalm is what I believe the Lord's saying here in fulfillment in Christ. By his own right hand, Christ exalted to the right hand of the Father, seated at the right hand of the Father. It's his work that were delivered, that were delivered from sin, that we come out of Adam, that we are planted into the vine. Yes, this, this 
you, you know, back here with Israel, this was the natural work where God brought them out of Egypt into Canaan land by God's own hand. It, it happened through the Lord. By grace, you're saved. God's own work, it's given to you in Christ. This is what we're learning through the revelation of him, what is given to us in him. And so we don't earn this by our own sword, by our own work, by our own arm, but it's the right hand and power of God that saves us and the light of his countenance, the light of his understanding. See, the light of his countenance, and then in, in Paul's writing, he's speaking of the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ, the countenance of the Lord shining in our heart in the person of Jesus Christ, that we see through him what God has done. And here, in type and shadow, this is laid out in the work that God did in Israel. He brought them out of Egypt with his own right hand. He brought them into Canaan to be his own people. And that's what's happened to us. We've come out of Adam into Christ to be the people of God in the earth, to be filled with the fullness of Christ himself, that Christ would be manifestly declared through the church in the earth. Ephesians chapter 3, and we'll have to stop here. It says, Paul says in verse 14, For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his Spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth, the length, the depth, and height, and to know the love of Christ, which passeth knowledge, that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us, Unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. By Christ Jesus, according to the power that worketh in us, in us, that we would comprehend the length, the depth, the breadth, and height, and know the love of Christ. Now, this love of Christ, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And again, I want to emphasize this. He gave his son to bring us out of all that was in the Adamic man, the Adamic nature, to bring us into Christ, to be conformed to the image of God's dear son. Here's the love of God, that we would share that of Christ, that Christ would be revealed in us. That's the love of God. You know, we, we've made the love of God in our hearts and our minds many times just natural. But the love of God is so great. God so loved us that he gave his son to bring us out of what we were into what he is. And the only way he could do that was the cross. Jesus had to come, become a man, and die 
be buried and raised from the dead and exalted. And, and it's the valiancy of him that we declare, honey, not ourselves. Oh, but it's the valiancy of the Lord, the greatness of the Lord. That's what salvation is. That's the love of God. To be conformed to the image of God. Yes. Walk in his light. And we have fellowship one with another. That's where fellowship's at, is in the light of the knowledge of him. This is when brethren dwell together in unity, when, when, when that's fulfilled, the Psalms. It's like the precious ointment that floweth down from the head, even over Aaron's beard to the garment. It's like this spirit just, just flowing upon the headship of Christ, showing his greatness down to the foot, showing us the length and the depth and the breadth of him and, and our union being built up in him. Oh, what a unity of the faith. The knowledge of the Son of God coming to understand him. Now, folks, that's worth spending our time to know him. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, reveal your son in me. Thank you so much for the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Thank you that it's your desire that we be one, that he be in us, and we be made perfect in one, and you, your fullness in him. I thank you, dear Father, in Jesus' glorious name. Amen.